Hello, and welcome to episode number eight of the Comfort, Peace, and Freedom podcast. I'm Ken Rusk. During each episode, I speak with a world-class personality about what makes them successful and about their experiences with my three favorite words, comfort, peace, and freedom. And today is certainly no different, as my guest is none other than Jarek Robbins. And yes, you may recognize the last name as he comes from a family of legendary speakers, motivators, performance coaches, and business titans. Throughout today's show, you'll hear Jarek explain how the visual brain works and makes connections between what it sees clearly and what your subconscious mind then does automatically. Really great stuff. So here we go. Jack Robbins, welcome to the Comfort, Peace, and, and Freedom podcast. You know, it's it's um it's always great to meet somebody like you uh, who is such an overachiever. When I when I was reading the list of things that that you're doing or have done, I mean, performance coach, best-selling author, you wrote a book called Live It, which is great. I recommend everybody go out and and read it. It's it's an awesome way to 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 think about what your life could look like. Business consultant, congressional medal winner. Tell me about that. How'd that happen? Uh, it's a congressional award. And I actually have, I'm looking over here. So I have the bronze, silver, and gold certificate and the bronze, silver, and gold medal. And wow. that's something it's earned, not given. And so it's it's actually a youth award. It's for people under the age of 24. And you have to have, I'm forgetting the exact numbers. Um, it's like 400 400 volunteer hours, 200 personal development hours, 200 physical development hours, and then no less than four nights living in an environment unlike your own, helping in some way. Um, so all of those things were accomplished and achieved before 24. And that was part of how I landed up living in a village over in Uganda, teaching organic farming for, it was supposed to be six months, but it got cut short to three and a half months. Um, I just got malaria and was told I had six days left to live. So they sent me home. <laughs> We're going to, I want to get close to that as soon as we can. Um, you, you even have a, a new high performance course out. And I want to talk about that too, because I'm like you, I believe that you can't just read a book and put it up on the shelf, call it a trophy and go look at me, right? If it if yeah. it doesn't alter your life in some way, you might as well not have read it in my opinion, right? So, so that's where we're going to get, where we're going to go here. When you, when you put all the things together that you do for a living, what is your favorite result? Like, like, how do you know you're like, okay, I nailed it. I, I, I reached somebody or, you know, you go home at night and you go, that was a really good day because of X. What is the X? Sure. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So I've built lots of courses, lots of programs, done lots of events. We had one year when I was younger, I did, I did 22 events in 22 different cities around the world from Tokyo, Stockholm, uh, the Gold Coast of Australia, all over the United States, Canada. Wow. We were everywhere. Uh, that was a rough year business-wise because I didn't understand how to read financial statements. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great year impact wise, horrible year business wise. Yeah. Uh, my accountant pulled me aside at the end of the year and said, how do you think you did? And I was like, I crushed it. We helped more people. We made more <laughs> revenue. We, we grew. Everything's amazing. He's like, I don't know how to say this nicely. You would have made more money if you would have worked at McDonald's. <laughs> Like, what you're rude like what's wrong with you what are you talking about look and i showed him my statement and i'm only looking at the top line because i didn't understand the rest at that period of my life yeah 
<laughs> so rude awakening, but impact was the the key. Um, and at different stages, it was different things. I remember when I wrote my book, I, I had the vision board of a New York Times bestseller and an international mm -hmm. author and all these things. Um, and I judged myself against these external metrics. And I'll never forget, a friend gave it to someone who was struggling, who was an, an airman in the Air Force. And he gave her a copy of the book. And I got a handwritten letter one day that just arrived in the mail. And it said, Dear Mr. Robbins, I wanted to thank you. My name is such and such. I'm an airman. I've been deployed X amount of times. For the last few weeks of my life, I've had a firearm in my mouth every night wanting to pull the trigger because I can't imagine having wow. to live this way any longer. Holy cow. Someone gave me a copy of your book. I read the first couple of chapters and it reminded me of the reason why I want to keep living. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. Wow. That, well, yeah, that, that is certainly a win, right? I mean, I, yeah. well, it changed my perspective because I rewrote the mission statement or a piece of our mission statement, um, challenge the status quo, think different, illuminate the potential in each and every person we cross paths with. But then I rewrote a piece that said to reach the person that needs it most at the moment they need it with the message they need. And it used to be to reach millions or hundreds of millions of people or billions of people. It used to be more, 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 more. And when that letter hit me, I said, you know what? The way I win every day is just putting out the right content and right meaning the thing that speaks to me, the thing that calls to me, the thing that I hear people are struggling with or working through in the world around me. And if I can put out content that can reach just that one person each day who really needs it in the moment they need it, day well done. Yeah, that, that that's fantastic. And, and I think because when you do something like that, it builds upon itself, right? I mean, obviously, that that's a winning formula. That's just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. You know, when when, when I thought about the mission that I had, it, it, for me, it was like, there's this huge gaping hole where everyone's thinking, you know, I have to go to college or I'm never going to amount to anything. And, um, you know, I, I didn't go to school. I went right into the workforce when I was 15. I dug ditches and built a company from six people to 200 and um, a bunch of different types of construction things. And, and the joy of bringing people along with me on that journey, okay. that, that became my mission because I, I, I surrounded myself with a whole bunch of great people who were all in the same boat. They were all non-educated people, but they all had a, they all had a, a, a vision for what they wanted their life to look for. And all I had to do was cultivate that. So now what I do is, I try to focus on giving back to those entrepreneurs behind me that want to walk that path after I've walked it. And, and I know that that's, that's, that's kind of what you do. So I wanted to kind of focus on, you know, talking about how do we get people to understand that as long as you know what you want your life to look like first, there's a bunch of different ways to get there. I mean, college is only one of them. You know, there's, there's all different types of, of paths to get there. And, uh, and for me, I think it's incumbent upon guys like you and I, who've been successful, who've seen this, to turn around and say, okay, good. Now, how can I teach you and shorten the learning curve for you? So, you know, if we talk about generosity in, 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 in that respect, yeah. I think, and I want to ask you this question. When you think of an entrepreneur, I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, you're lucky, Jarek, you're this entrepreneur guy, or Ken, you're lucky, you're this entrepreneur guy. And the first thing I say back to them is, well, do me a favor. Here's, a, here's some paper and a crayon. Draw entrepreneur for me. You can't, right? So I have my take on what I think an entrepreneur is. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. 
Totally. So I'm going to zoom out for a second because it's more than generosity. It's actually a evolution of the human being or an evolution of the business or an evolution of self. And so I read a book one time, it was called The Second Mountain. And it was how people evolve in their life. And it described this piece. And I went, oh, that, that is so accurate. And what they described is the first mountain is what I can get from life. So whether it's earning accolades, whether it's earning personal check marks of what you're capable of doing, whether it's earning money or status or whatever, it's you trying to extract something from the world around you. Or if you own a business, you're trying to get your team, you're trying to extract their performance, you're trying to extract their working power, you're trying to extract them to show up and do something for you so that ultimately you can get to the thing you want. And it's a psychology, it's where people are at. Um, eventually either life smacks you off the first mountain by having a wake up call and someone dies or you have a near death experience or something happens, or you get to the peak so many times that it starts to get boring. And I always say there's only three things, maybe four at the peak, beautiful view, a feeling of accomplishment and thin air. <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's it. That's the right. only thing at the peak of every mountain. I don't care if it's Everest or Kilimanjaro or Fuji. Great view, feeling of accomplishment, thin air. And eventually a walk back down if you're lucky. Right. Uh, it, that's it. That's the only thing at the peak of all these mountains. That's why people say it doesn't feel, it feels great in the moment. You're like, I did it. I'm at the peak. Then after a while, eventually you're like, okay, it's nice. Got to walk back down. <laughs> and the only thing that makes the peak worth climbing. At some point in the journey, when you've done it so many times, the only thing that makes it worth climbing is who you get to take with you on the next time you go up. Nice. And the real magic is when you look over and watch their face when they get there for the first time or the second time or the third time, when they didn't think they could, when they didn't think they had what it take, when they didn't think it was possible for people like them from places like that. And you watch their face light up when you get them to the peak. That's the ultimate. That's your like, oh. I mean, it was fun getting here myself, but my gosh, I feel alive when I can help someone get here. This is cool. And and the ultimate, ultimate is when they finally have that experience. And you're like, I remember when I brought you up this mountain. And they go, I remember that. And you go, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, you should see the people I brought up the mountain. And you go, really? And you watch their face light up because they finally feel the magic you feel. You got them up, but they got others up. That's where that ripple happens. That's where the real magic happens in, in life. I was just talking to a, a client of ours and they were asking questions like, how do I get my lazy team to step up and do more? <laughs> awesome. Like, oh, Great question. Where do we start right? from there? <laughs> Every, everyone wants to answer that at some level if you own a business. Sure. And is that a first mountain question or a second mountain question? You didn't ask me, how do I give more to my team? How do I give them more support? How do I give them more training? How do I give them more right. inspiration? How do I give them everything they need so they can get to the peak and they can experience everything they dream of? You asked me, how do I squeeze more out of these lazy sacks of humans to get what I want? <laughs> well, yeah, and I, by I, the I end think... of the call, which was fascinating, something clicked. I didn't give them this speech, but something clicked. By the end of the call, she said, you know what? I feel like if team is really our number one focus right now, we should be doing everything in our human capacity to pour into these people and help them shine. Because if we do that, I think the business will handle itself.
You know, that, that that's so great because, you know, so many times I've stood in front of my organizations and said, listen, I can't get what I want, nor can my company get what it wants or needs until all of you get what you want first. And, and at first they look at you like, okay, is he really being serious here? Is this for real? But I mean, in any linear scenario, you know, there's input versus output and we are always at the output end of it. And, and that's fine because the joy for me is actually seeing that. I, again, getting back to this entrepreneur thing, yep. you know, in the book, I, I write things like persistence, resilience, you know, faith, courage, initiative, uh, generosity, simplicity, humility, those types of things. And I think every one of us has these characteristics within us. They just need a reason to come out. I don't think there's such a thing as a drawn, born entrepreneur. I, I think people who have vision, who know what they want to go after, who know what they want their life to look like, then those things come out. And that's you're so right on because it's so fun to watch someone light bulb that. And then Sorry, say, you mean you mean I can control my own destiny? I can control my own life. I can I can get it one little puzzle piece at a time. I can I can make all that happen for myself. Well, then then thanks for the training. Now get out of my way and let me go do that. Right. So, getting back to 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 people taking that risk. Okay, Let, let's talk about what what you did. You, you talk about Uganda, right? Yeah. You, I have a great story if you want to hear how I started my business, actually. Yeah, let's do it. Go ahead. So taking that risk, I was working three jobs at the time, uh, a couple with for my family for my family's business. I was working in the warehouse. I was working as a coach, which I had significant extensive training to do. I did not just become a coach one day. Right. I had <laughs> right. over 250 hours of training. I was held accountable to standards, like, and I was only allowed to coach people on stuff I'd actually accomplished. There you so go. I, but but I, I did have a head start at 18. I got to start coaching people, but only in a couple categories, fitness and time management. That's Love it. it. But, but warehouse sales. So every time I wasn't on a coaching call, I was selling stuff. I was dialing and selling. And if I wasn't dialing and selling, I was packing boxes at a warehouse. So oh, yeah. three jobs. That's where my scene starts living in the front den of a house. I had three roommates. I got the front den with a mattress on the ground and my whole office living life was in the front den of a house with no door. It had a curtain as a door. Um, and I, I, for my dad's company, he had just started this event called Business Mastery, mm -hmm. and he wanted the coaches to start coaching on it. I didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't necessarily the first pick, but I didn't feel comfortable coaching on business because I'd never had a business. I didn't sure. know. I mean, I, I was reading the principles on the paper, but I didn't know that stuff intrinsically. I'd yeah. never done it before. Yeah, and lived it. And they, yeah, all, right. and they only wanted people who, who've lived it, who've done it. So I was like, shoot, I got to get some experience. So I literally... Went, attended the event, took the information, wrote it down on paper. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I put up my own web. If you want to laugh your face off, use the Wayback machine and go look at my first website that I ever tried to build myself. It's black and white. It has a picture of a random tree I took in Africa. Like it's the most random website. Um, but I use that website and Twitter to tweet positive quotes every day. And at the time that was original. It's not anymore, but, but it right. worked. And I got a phone call from a gentleman in London that said, you know, I heard you do coaching. I'd like to work with you potentially. Can you tell me more about it? Now I had, I think five or six years of coaching experience at that time. So I was qualified. I knew what I was doing. and I knew what I could help him with. He wanted coaching on time management. He worked for one of the largest law firms in London. And, and I said, I could help with that. He said, okay, great. How do I sign up? I said, I'll send you the form. 
hung up the phone, looked around and went, crap, I don't have a form. <laughs> so that afternoon I went and talked to a friend who, who worked at a larger company who had forms. I was like, where do I get this? And he goes, here, use one of ours. So I switched it out to my company's name. And then I, I sent it to him. He filled it out. He sent it back. And I never forget. I called my mom and I said, mom, how do I take money off of someone's credit card? She goes, honey, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. How do I get money off someone's credit card? She goes, honey, that's illegal. You can't do that. I'm like, no, they filled out the form and told me I could. I just they don't want to pay me. get it yeah. off the card. And she's like, oh, honey, well, you need a you need a, a merchant processing account. So I'm Googling, what is a merchant process? I called the company and they're like, well, you need a business if we're going to issue one of these things. I'm like, well, shit, how do I get a business? Yeah. So I Googled that. I drove down to City Hall, got a, a sole proprietorship set up that afternoon, drove back. This was a Friday faxed all the information to Boston to this company called Merchant Warehouse. They said, well, we'll do the paperwork. And I said, my call's on Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific. I need to process this card before the call. So they figured it out. They rushed it. They gave me horrible rates back then. I didn't have anything to get any better rates, but they, they gave it to me. I processed the card probably 15 minutes before my very first call. Now I'm going to pause there. The results I delivered not only caused him to re-enroll for multiple years, also caused him to send lots of referrals my way, which started the base of my business. The only reason I'd recommend using that kind of a startup, specifically if anyone's trying coaching, is because I had five or six years experience doing it for another company and over 250 hours of training and extensive accountability to make sure I'm doing it right. I'm not recommending someone to randomly start a coaching business on a Thursday. Um, that part's important because I think there's too many people using the word coach nowadays sure. who haven't done anything. Absolutely. Um, so, so I had the experience, I had the background, I had the training, I had six years of practice and accountability and refinement. Then I went on on my own. And what was interesting is that got me started. So that wasn't a fancy start. What caused it to grow was learning a formula that a friend taught me, which is three pieces. And they said, anything that's going to really scale needs three pieces reach, relationship, and a world-class product or service. And I went, what does that mean? And they said, well, think of Pepsi. How did Pepsi sell millions of cans of Pepsi? Reach, they're at the time running ads on the Super Bowl and television. Relationship, they used Michael Jackson way back in the day, who never drank it, but danced around it and sang with it. But sure. he had a relationship with the audience. And then, nah, differing opinions. I don't drink soda, but, but Pepsi, we could consider their world-class product offering. And you put the three together and they'd sell millions of cans of, of this soft drink back in the day. And I went, Ooh, that's interesting. So I reverse engineered and said, well, how do I do that with my business? Who has reached to the ideal target client I want to work with? Who already has a relationship with these people that they know, like, and trust? And what product and service can I build to make sure it's a world-class experience for them? I figured that formula out, partnered with a lady in Los Angeles who had a list of a very specific group of business owners in LA. We partnered, did two events, and I used to sign up, you know, one to two, three, four clients a month. And we ended up signing 30 to 40 clients a day when we'd run together. Um, and that scaled my business very quickly within that first year. So it... Yeah, I mean, this is fantastic advice for someone out there listening. My, my question is, before you even got to that point, 
you have a you have a young 20 something in front of you right now okay um and uh they're like you know i i think i want to start my own business i'm going to start my own plumbing company or i'm going to start my own small business or whatever i'm 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 worried about the risk where should my mindset be right now what is the first thing you would tell them you know go away and do this before you think about going down the path of being an entrepreneur like in, in my mind it is what do you want this thing to look like? I mean, in, yep. in minute, perfect, colorful, vivid, clear-cut detail, and you got to put it out there somewhere. What's, what's your advice to someone who says, I want to take the other route. I don't want to just do the college thing and work for somebody else and have all the debt. I want to go do my own thing. What, what yep. would you tell them to do? Apprenticeship. This is something I was doing without realizing I was doing it. And I, when I looked back, I was trying to figure out what's the thing I was doing that actually prepared me to do this? And I had five or six years working, five and a half, almost six years working for my dad's organization as a coach. I was, if I look back, I was an apprentice. I was learning a skill set, refining a skill set, mastering a skill set, practicing a skill set for five and a half years before I curved off on my own and built it around the skill set I had built. Right. At this stage, I forget the exact number, but there's a really, really large amount of humans who've been running businesses for 20, 30 years who are on the verge of retirement, getting ready to pass it on. There's no one to pass it on to. Absolutely. If you were that 20-year-old hungry-driven person and you found an industry you absolutely loved and were willing to go in on for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, go find someone who's much older, who've owned that company for a significant amount of time. They've refined it. They've fine-tuned it. They've built it. They've put love into it partner with them, say, I will be your apprentice. Can, can you help me learn this? And over time, I want the ability to buy this from you. Now, for if, if I was 20 and someone told me that, the first question is, how in the world am I going to get the money to buy right. that? Absolutely. That's crazy. Sure. Yeah. You're going to have to take a class and learn how to do business deals properly because it's going to be a no cash down or minimum cash down. It's going to be an earn out over time, either to them or their family when they pass on or move on. Um, you have to figure out how to structure a deal that's worth doing, but that ability to pick up the best thing you can do if you're young and hungry is apprentice with someone for the time they're willing to stay, do an, a, a buyout of some sort and buy the business from them that has 30 years, longstanding results, a proven team, everything's working, everything's in motion. And over time, move that company into your ownership and take it from there. And now you'll have that ability to learn to practice and to be ready for that opportunity when that person finally decides to pass it or sell it on to you. That would be one of the biggest opportunities available right now. Um, my business mentor, and I, that was not what I would have said before I had a business mentor for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said, right. we're going down to city hall and starting yeah. a sole proprietorship on a Friday. Like right. I know what I did versus what I've learned over the years is my gosh, I wish I would have known this at 20 because I, I wouldn't have done it that way. Even though it's fun and you learn a lot and it's amazing, you can always build something from scratch. Um, but with the stats of how many fail over those first five years, I think it's up to 50% fail in five years, 75 to 95% of small businesses fail in 10 years, depending on how the industry or the um, economy is doing. Why not find one that's been around for 20 years? They've already proven systems, proven results, proven team, things are working. And if you can apprenticeship for a period of time with the opportunity to become the owner and take that over and keep it going, that would be a major opportunity. 
and they would have worked out so many of the challenges already. So in, in our industry, we're, we're considered a construction industry, kind of a blue collar industry. So, you know, I have four, four people that I can tell you right now. One of them is a stonemason who he builds these beautiful outdoor kitchens. He's like an artist, goes to work in his jeans and his boots, listens to Zeppelin all day long, drinking his coffee and making these beautiful things. This is a guy who people wait eight months for. Mm. He charges a huge amount of money and yeah. he makes at least two, 250,000 a year. And he has nobody to leave this company to. Ooh, I have, have him call I, me. Yeah. I have another friend who is a, uh, a who owns a, 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 a floor tile company. They, they do floor tile. Another one refinishes wood floors. Another one is um, a, a building company. Nobody to leave these companies to, and they're viable and they're profitable. And they're so, I guess my question to you is, I feel what, like we need to be partners. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> if you know the people, I, I definitely can can help put it, the deals together. Well, All, but this is what I'm talking about. Like These are the opportunities that a massive amount of population, they're so skilled, they're so talented. They have so much goodness to share. And we're at a weird stage of life where you know, young people tend to be jaded because of the internet. They're like, well, I just Google it and watch a YouTube video. Yeah. We're missing that, that craving for apprenticeship where we want to be around someone who's not just good, but absolutely outstanding at what they do. And we don't realize how much value that'll add to our lives and reversing it. We don't realize how much value it'll add to their life to be able to share the thing that they've spent so long refining. Well, what do you think, taking a step back from even that, though, what do you think stops these kids from even considering this? Because, you know, there, there's this thing, there's this stigma to, well, I don't want to be a, a ditch digger. I don't want to be a this or a that. You know, ditch digging has been very, very good to me, by the way. So, you know, you, you, you hear these stories and it's only it's either like, well, you know, I'm going to go be an influencer or I'm going to go do this or I'm going to do that. Easy stuff stuff I see on the internet, you know, or on, on, um, on social media, where did this stigma come from in your mind that, you know, hard work is just blase or that's in the past, there's much easier, better ways to do it because the supply and demand right now for this stuff, Jarek, it's causing crazy money to go into our industry. And I mean, crazy money, yep. money and time and, and opportunity is insane. Yep. And yet people are kind of snubbing their noses at it. Is this is this a teacher thing, a college thing? Is this a parent thing? Where are these kids getting this? I can do it easier than that from, you think? Totally. Um, it's generational. It's cyclical. There, there's layers of it. I study this. So I, I'm, this is something I'm so fascinated by. Um, it, it's also driven by the, what's being sold by the media. So I'll, I'll rewind. If we go back to Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Marilyn Monroe, the dream that was sold or portrayed as the glamorous, glitzy thing was to be a ball player and a movie star. That was the dream being sold at that period of time. Sure. Fast forward, um, the 80s. Oh, Ferrari, yachts, Wall Street. You want to be, you want to really make it in life? Boom. Uh, what what was the name of that? It was Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm trying to think of the other guy. Um, the Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Like that, that was success, man. The red Ferrari with the suspenders and the tie and the yacht oh, yeah. and the helicopter. Boom. That was success. Fast forward. 
uh, you get into the eighties rock bands, they were success. They're just like crazy, cool, screw everybody. I do whatever I want. And I have all the money to party and do it. That was success. That was the dream. Fast forward more recently, they were pitching. I mean, start an app, become a billionaire. I mean, shoot, you start Instagram, sell it for a billion dollars with less than 20 employees. That's the real secret to, to life. You just start an app. Everyone's trying to do it. Then they got into, uh, all you have to do is argue with your sisters really well. You don't have to do much, but argue with your sisters well enough and you can sell a billion dollars worth of makeup. I'm <laughs> making fun, but no, maybe more than that. But, but that it. was the dream. Influencer. You just argue with your family and tape it, film it. Boom. Influencer. Um, start a tech company. Start start a startup. Like if you watch and just listen to the narrative of that's being sold through movies, through magazines, through TV shows, they're, they're selling a narrative on the thing you just need to do if you want to be successful. And that narrative often shapes the young people of what they think. So the narrative right now is be an influencer. Used to be be a ball player. Used to be work on Wall Street. Used to be be a movie star. Like these are narratives that are sold through media over and over and over again globally, not just locally, but globally. And, and so that's a lot of time where that comes from. Now, what most people will realize is the reason the narrative is sold is because it's a company advertising to get you to think you too can be that if you just use their stuff. Right. If yeah. you just wear this makeup, you too can be this pretty. If you just use this app, you too could make millions. YouTube, Instagram, if, if you just do this, then you too can make it. So what they're actually doing is reverse engineering marketing plans to take someone. And there's people in my industry, even personal development, that have partnered with these organizations and the organization fuels their growth to inspire millions of others to think they too can make it. And they make it look like it happened organically when in actuality, the company pushed it from within to give people hope that others can do it to cause them all to get on the platform and try. So and you have... So so you have you have a football player, right? He's one in maybe half a million that ever makes it to the pros. Yep. That is the same rarefied air of the people that you're talking about, right? right. The influencers, the rock and rollers. That's right. Um, and I, 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 so people try to influence A players for their organization. I have people tell me, well, I don't have $320 million to play Steph Curry to work for me. I said, you're thinking about it the wrong way. Yeah. At some point in history, the NBA didn't have 300 million bucks to pay him either. Right. But a group of people got together and they said, how do we cause young people to believe that this would be the opportunity of a lifetime to spend the first 20 something years of their life working and preparing for the opportunity to try to make it in this league? How do we position it? How do we market it? How do we tell the story about it? How do, how, do, how do we do all these things as an organization to cause millions of people to strive for the opportunity that we get to pick the few hundred of them that actually make it and give them so much that causes millions of others to continually try? The NBA doesn't have to sit there and be like, shoot, how do we recruit another superstar? Can't seem to find them nowadays. But that was a group of people who got together and masterminded that from way back when to make it what it is today. So with these types of industries, I'd ask the same question. Who's the group of people that needs to get together to re-engineer the conversation 
that would cause future generations to look at these. And I think obviously you're part of it, but cause future generations to look at this and go, holy crap, that is an opportunity and a half. Um, and if so we can get the right group of people and position it properly, my gosh, this will become in demand over time. So you're, you're, you're talking about um, chasing the nirvana. And, and in my opinion, I don't think everyone's nirvana is, you know, mega yachts and McMansions and 15 cars. I mean, if you want that, fine, go after it and do it. You know, my whole book is about comfort, peace and freedom, which is your individual nirvana, which is what you talk about, your ideal life, your ideal vision. So if you're standing in front of a bunch of parents right now, because you know, the parents are the gatekeepers between the influence of colleges and the influence of all this media that they allow their kids to see and their kids themselves. So if you're in front of parents right now and you're, you have 10,000 of them in front of you, what are you telling them about the, you know, the dangers and or this, this over assumption that it's going to be easy, it's going to be grandiose, it's going to be everyone's going to be a million, multimillionaire. What are you telling them? So here's a fun fact for you. Did you know that only 14 out of every 100 adults describes themselves as happy? That's a pretty low number. The question you have to ask yourself is, are you one of those lucky few or do you feel like there's more to life out there? I've been fortunate to work with some brilliant course designers to create a course that will help you define and build comfort, peace, and freedom in your life. I call it the path and it is a great way to help you identify what you really want out of your life and to develop the skills necessary to go get it. When you join the course, not only will you receive a digital copy of my Wall Street Journal best-selling book, Blue Collar Cash, but you'll also get lifetime access to the best goal-setting tactics that I have used to turn myself into an effective, goal-oriented machine and take control of my mind, my money, and my life. All of this great information is normally available to you at $129. However, for you amazing listeners of today's podcast, you can get lifetime access to the path for just 99 bucks. And if you do it today, I'll do you one better. Get involved now and I'll actually donate a free course and a free book to any one of your choosing. So you can not only change your own life, but help someone else in the process. And what can be better than that? So just use the link in today's show description and the discount code podcast to get started. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Well, I'd ask the parents, why haven't you done this yourself so that your kid could have the choice? If they want to go, they go. If they don't, they don't. But why haven't you provided the opportunity and the choice yet? And so my family didn't have that choice. I was one of the first people in my whole family to graduate from school. But the reason was because my dad and mom decided to be entrepreneurs. They decided to say, hey, I'm going to go do something in the world so that my future generations have a choice. They didn't have a choice. My mom got in, she wrote and got into Scripps Oceanography. Her parents said, yeah, we can't afford that. Uh, good luck. And she couldn't go. <laughs> and it broke her heart. She yeah. really, really, really wanted to. And it was just not an option financially. And so they decided to be the generation of our family that says, you know what, we're going to make options available for future generations, options, not mandatory, not have to, if they want to, they can, if they don't, they don't have to. And so my dad worked his face off. So did my mom and they, 
they built and built and built and built and built. And in, in watching that, you know, my dad and I go back and forth on this. Is it smart for my son to have to go through college? Have to? No way. If he wants to, he's going to have to earn a piece of it. And hopefully I'll help teach him some entrepreneurial skills at a younger age. So if I was in front of a thousand parents, my first question would be, have you learned entrepreneurial skills? It doesn't mean you have to quit your job. Doesn't mean you have to go do something different, but if you learn the skills so that you have the choice. And if you haven't, how could you start learning the skills as a parent? Because kids often model what you do, not what you say. So if you're trying to inspire your child to get entrepreneurial skills, but you yourself don't have them and are not interested in them, you better go first. You got to live it. You got to step up and say, okay, where can I start learning entrepreneurial skills? And hopefully your child looks at you and goes, ooh, that's interesting. I want to learn some of those skills. Doesn't mean they have to deviate right away, but they're just learning the skills. And if you start thinking that way and having the skills and they start thinking their way to having the skills, at some point, one of the coolest things or biggest pain in the butt you'll ever have um, is building something together. Building something together, saying, hey, I have these skills. You have these skills. What do you want to do? Let's build something. I mean, talk about a cool idea, a cool way to spend time together. And I, oh, absolutely. I and an it's aspect. a lifelong skill too, by the way. Totally. And it gets better over time. We have a, a two-year-old, almost three, and we've spent the last couple of years, I squished all of my work down to three days a week, four hours a day, so I could focus on being a great husband and being a great father for the last couple of years. Good for you. It was amazing. And the only reason I have that opportunity is I spent the previous 18 years or, or what is it, 15, 13 years building a business that would give me that opportunity when sure. it was time. My dad didn't have that opportunity. He has a much larger business than I do, a bunch of them now, but he was building them when I was born. So I, I had a little bit of a head start in learning, hey, I'm going to build it and then have my kids so I can really have the time with them. Um, I also did what I swore I would never do, uh, but my uh, success magazine and success as a company came last year and said, hey, we want you to become the president of success and help us scale this and build it. I was like, great. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm being a dad. I'm being a husband. I have no interest in doing this. I'll be on the cover. But besides that, I'm good. And I talked to my business mentor. I said, you'd never believe who called the day. And I told him. And his response was, after 10 years of telling me, don't deviate, don't let anything distract you, don't let anything pull you away from your business, you're doing great, stick to it. He literally responded with, you might want to do this one. Wow. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, are you crazy? You told me, is this a test? For 10 yeah. years, you told me, don't let anything distract me. I finally got this exactly where I wanted to be. And now you tell me to deviate from the don't get distracted plan? And he said something that made me laugh. He says, I know you know what you're doing. You know you know what you're doing. Your clients know you know what you're doing. He said, I don't mean to be rude, but the, the grand scheme of thing, the world doesn't know you exist. Okay. I was like, thanks a lot. Who cares what the world thinks? <laughs> right. I have clients in 127 countries. I'm thrilled. I don't care what the rest of them think. And he says, but think of it this way. If you do it, it's now owned by a publicly traded large corporation. He's like, if you do it, you'll now have some street cred of you came in, you did X, you got Y result. There you go. So last year I took it. Um, I now know why people hate working for corporations. 
firsthand experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're great people. They're wonderful humans, but it, it's totally different than being a business owner yourself and an entrepreneur. And so after, you know, 20 years of doing my own thing to now work in an organization of this size with this many people, <laughs> It's just a pain in comparison. It's an amazing opportunity and totally different than being a business owner and entrepreneur who's optimized their business. Um, well, I know it's interesting because you talk about that 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 ability to to go out and, and apprentice for somebody. I'm a huge advocate for that. You know, I, I wrote an open letter to parents on my website a couple of years ago, and I said, I, I understand what you're going through. I'm a parent myself. You know, you birthed your child, you clothed your child, you sheltered your child, you fed your child, you raised your child, you educated them as much as you could. And now you feel like the only way to finish them off, okay, the only way to ice the cake is to get them a four-year degree so you can feel good about, I've done my thing. And and the problem with that is half the country doesn't use a, a, a college degree. Half the country works in jobs that are extremely lucrative and they don't. They require working with your hands, not with with, with a book or or with a with a degree. And um, my my whole thought process there is: Are you trying to raise an educated kid, or perhaps a happy, successful, independent, self sustainable one? And not that they're mutually exclusive, but yeah. it, it it was. It's one of those things where they look back at you and say, "Well, but isn't that what I'm just supposed to do?" You know, my my high school that my kid goes to is now all of a sudden out of nowhere they start calling it college prep school. And and I'm not I'm not against college, Jerick. Believe me, I'm not. If you're gonna operate on my shoulders so I can get back on the golf course, you know, I want you to know everything there is to know about a knife before you pick it up and come at me with it. I, I get that. Same thing with a teacher, a lawyer, accountant, architect, whatever. However, if you're just going to go and you're just racking up debt and maybe you're going to get good at beer pong and you're going to come out with one of those college, one of those business degrees that is a bland, maybe not so milk toast kind of degree that you don't even know if you can use. And most people don't eventually use those degrees. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. So my whole mission is, can we just start with the ideal vision for life? first? Can we build that first and then pick one of the many paths that you can take to get there? You talk a lot about ideal vision for life in the book. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Totally, totally. So ideal life vision is is a lot for most people. It's like, oh my God, my whole life. How do I know? I mean, things change all the time. Right. Um, so I always start people off on an ideal day of like, just tell me your perfect day. Just, just, one day, like if you could have it all your way, what would you do? Where would you wake up? Who'd be there? How would you feel? What would you have for breakfast? Where would you go in the morning? Love it. And describe the day. And so I'll, I'll give you a, a client story just so you could see it, how it unfolds. I did this with a client who was working for a very large global bank. He was based in London at the time. And I just asked him, map out your ideal day, your perfect vision. And he did it. And, and I said, read it to me. What's it like? He said, I wake up. I go for a run on the beach. I come home. I have this amazing family and we have this loving breakfast. And then I work on a business I'm passionate about doing great things in the world. And, I, you know, every client call I have is just inspiring and invigorating and exciting and go into the afternoon and, you know, the fast forward, fast forward. I work out and do all these things. I watch the sunset with my wife and we have dinner together and laugh and have this amazing evening. And then we wrap up and I, you know, I feel incredible and blissed and, and so blessed to have this day. And I said, that sounds amazing. And he goes, right. And I was like, how close are you? 
And he's like, dude, I live in central London. There's not even a beach anywhere around here. And I started laughing. I was like, well, that sounds rough. What are we going to do about it? He's like, well, you tell me. You're the guy who's supposed to know what to do. And I said, well, let's make a plan. What are the key things we need to make happen in order to make that vision become real? Fast forward, I think it was a year and a half later, he called me. He had moved on from the company. Um, there was a lot of transitions in between. But he moved on. He started his own company. He had raised over 250 million bucks for this new venture he was going on. Uh, he had purchased a second home in the Hamptons out near the beach. He had just gotten back from a morning run on the beach, came home. OPS, he wasn't married when he wrote this vision. He didn't have any wife or children wow. or anything yet. He wow. just wrote it. He came home from the run. He said hi to his wife, who was on her way to a cycling class. Um, I think she wasn't pregnant yet, but it was soon in the story to come. Now he's got four kids and they live back in London again. But but all these things were happening. And he's like, dude, it's the stuff I wrote on that page a year and a half ago with you. This is amazing. Like, it's eerie. He's like, it's freaking me out. I could literally read word for word down the page and it describes what I just did today. He's like, this is cool. And it came down to like what you said, having a crystal clear vision of exactly how you want to live that, that life and then putting together a plan of small steps we can make to get closer to it every day. Mine took 18 months. So I was living in the front end of that house and I had a dream of traveling the world and inspiring people. And I was on you know, an event speaking from stage and then I went and had lunch in a park and all these things. Fast forward, I never forget, I got invited to speak at a conference in London, 300 coaches trying to figure out how to market and sell their services. They flew me out. I spoke at the conference. I got paid. I went to a park in central London, having lunch with a friend, and I opened my journal and I read it and I was like, it's literally everything I wrote down word for word. Like, this is amazing. And so it's that's the starting point. The starting point is getting so crystal clear. Um, there's an example of visualization is the second part. So one, writing it down two, visualizing it vividly every single day, reading it, feeling it, seeing it, tasting it, everything, trying to get all the senses involved to make it as real as possible and reviewing it every single day. And so I read that vision every single day until it was real. Um, if you go to jrctv.com, it's my YouTube channel. There's a video right on the homepage that'll start playing. It's a it's a talk I did in Germany. It has like a three minute visualization at the end of it, helping you visualize your perfect day. So you could literally watch that every day and just fast forward to that part and help yourself vividly visualize your perfect day each and every day. So absolutely love it. Um, we talk a lot of the same language when it comes to those kinds of things. There was a study done and I, I need I need to ask you why why do you think this is? So they did this study. They put a hundred people. His Virginia Tech did this. They put a hundred people in the room. They asked them if they had clear, vivid goals. Only hmm. twenty of the eight of the hundred raised their hand. Yeah. So the other eighty, they had wishes, dreams, and hopes, but that's as far as they got. So they're out. The twenty left. They said, "Okay, of the twenty, how many of you have those written down somewhere?" And they said, okay, four, four people raised their hand. And then they dismissed the 16 and they said, of you four, how many of you have it crystal clear, colored, mapped out and stuck on a wall somewhere where you see it every single day? One person. 
So what you're talking about is something that it appears as though overall 1% or only one out of a hundred people is willing to do. And yet I look at, I look at you and I say, but it's just so easy to do. I mean, it's just, it takes nothing but creativity, little vision, some crayons and a cardboard, you know, a poster board, what your brain sees clearly, it attracts itself to how, how is it that so few people are willing to go that far when the power of that works equally for anyone who attempts to do it. Totally, totally. There's so many ways to go after this. The way that I, I help people understand this, if you can go down to neuropsychology, so neurons that fire together, wire together, meaning um, anytime you have a thought, a feeling, or, or, or something, and you reinforce it, imagine there's two little pieces of your brain, but there's no bridge connecting them. Now, if you do something once, like a little bridge kind of shoots across and connects these two pieces. If you do it twice, you get another one. If you do it three times, you get another one. If you do it four times, you get another one. And eventually there's so many of these that the bridge is so big, thick and strong that that thought can fly across the bridge instantly. And so the first time you do it, think of like an old rickety hanging bridge with like broken boards that you, sure. know, that you see in Jumanji movie of like, oh man, I don't <laughs> think it's smart to walk across that bridge. Right Now on the thousandth time you've done it, you have like a super networked highway of Tron, like lightning shooting straight across. And so neurons that fire together, wire together. What you want to do is build a bridge to take you from where you are to your dream reality, meaning you have to visualize it so clearly every day, again and again and again, that it builds a super highway. So those thoughts, feelings, emotions, and neurotransmitters can shoot across it so quickly that it becomes so vivid, so real, so connected in your brain and mind and body that it's just impossible for it not to come true in your life. And so that technique wise, you want to think of building a super highway to connect you from where you are to where you want to be. That's the, the, the thought process, the analogy, the connection point. Now, why people don't do that? I don't know. Why don't people do sit-ups every day? Right. Or my favorite, why don't right. people stretch for 10 minutes every day? Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose I asked them. Uh, yeah, like, what's the number the one thing you it? could do to keep yourself from breaking a hip, breaking a bone, getting old? The number one thing you could do is stretch 10 minutes a day. Sit down on the ground, touch your right toe, touch your left toe, stand up, do your arms. It's like just 10 minutes a day of stretching. And it, it would extend your lifespan. I mean, and it's one of those things where just humans go, huh. And <laughs> you just stare to be like, really? Yeah, and, exactly. And so it's finding what is the motive? What is the reason for you? What's the thing that drives you? And I think my favorite person, two people, my dad's great at this stuff is neuroassociative conditioning. So there's a way you can condition and program your mind for success, stuff like this. Or um, there's a really neat person, John D. Martini. He taught me a whole values linking exercise which is linking up the things that are most important to you and connecting them to the behaviors you want to do so that it, it inspires you to follow through. Um, I had a real estate agent team that had brought me out and there was a lady who raised my, her hand and she goes, I know I'm supposed to show up and do my calls every morning, but I don't really feel like doing it. And I was like, okay, well, let's help connect the dots. Um, what's most important to you in your life? 
like, I don't know. I was like, no, seriously, like, what's most important to you? And she's like, my daughter? I'm like, okay. How does showing up and making your calls every morning help your daughter? Like, it doesn't. It actually causes me to have to leave early to drop her off. And then I'm away from her. And I went, wow, doing this behavior is taking you away from the person that you value most on earth. I understand why you don't want to do it. And she went, crap, I never thought of it that way. And I said, well, question, what do you hope that your daughter does with her life? Do you hope she has a great life, a good life, an average life, a horrible life? What do you hope? She goes, obviously, I hope she has a great life. Okay, what kind of attributes as a human do you think she'll need to, to gain in order to have a great life? Do you think she'll need to be confident? Yeah. Determined? Yeah. Focused? Yeah. Driven? Yeah. Passionate? Uh, we listed all these attributes. And I said, well, do kids learn by what you say or what you do? She's like, obviously, what you do. I said, great. By you avoiding doing this every morning, are you teaching her any of the attributes you hope that she learns? And like, you could see you that thing you yeah. say to people where you see like an aftershock in their body oh, yeah. where they literally get hit by it. Yeah, She had the aftershock and literally like went, whoa. And I went, there you go. And I said, so what if every morning had little to do with making calls and had everything to do with portraying the behaviors you hope your daughter will build in her life so she too can have the success that she desires? <laughs> well done. And what's interesting, fast forward, yeah. I got a call from the team leader at that office a year later, and she's like, this lady has never missed a day of calls since then. And she's probably there killing it too, right? She is. And it yeah. came down to doing it for what's most important to her. Isn't it amazing to you, the more you walk this earth, how, how not only how powerful our brain is, but how easy it is to use and how so many people can go from way off in, into, you know, dark land, into the most unbelievable places just by deciding to use that part and turning it on. So the last thing I want to ask you is, um, uh, we in the book, I talk about comfort, peace, and freedom, and I always ask everybody the same thing, and that is... Where, where do you, like, if, if, if you said, you know what, I need to go somewhere right now, I'm going to escape. I'm going to go somewhere where I feel really comfortable and it can be a place. It could be in your house. It could be somewhere else. Where, where are you the most comfortable? Most comfortable. I think anywhere that I'm with my wife is, is our special place. And we both love to travel. So we've lived all over the world together. And anytime we're together is my 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 favorite space. Nice, nice. Let's get to peace now. Where do you feel the most peace? Same. Nice. Same together. Very good. I'm I'm I think I'm gonna get the same answer. When you talk about freedom, freedom can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. And again, comfort, peace, and freedom, I believe, is the perfect yeah. triangle or our perfect nirvana that we should be seeking. Yeah. Where do you feel the most free? Um Someone who chooses to love you for all of who you are, which is with her. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for you. Fantastic. Hey, you know, it, it, it's I'm gonna go tell great. her she's my nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh tell us where can we I, I mean we can find you everywhere, but just so that our, our our listeners can specifically go somewhere. Where would you want somebody to go to first discover uh who you are and what you're all about? Hold on, I'll be right back so I can show you. Okay. I literally was at a newsstand and I looked down and I saw this and wow. And it's Look my wife that. and son. 
And I looked at it and I went, that's my wife and son staring at me. <laughs> um, I went, wow, that's interesting. So they, they decided to say thank you to me for helping them this last year. And they put myself and my family on the cover. So the first place I'd ask you to go find me is anywhere magazines are sold. Please go pick up a copy of that. There's a yeah. wonderful article written um, this month and it'll be up there. It's the May, June issue. So it'll be up there for the next few weeks. So go grab a copy of that. You can go to jerickrobbins.com, visit me there or find me on Instagram. Nice. So he was uh, he was showing us a copy of Success Magazine for all of you out there that are just listening to this and not seeing it. And it's a beautiful cover with him and his beautiful family. So, again, it's so much that so many people can learn um, from from people like you. And I'm just I'm blessed to be able to talk to people uh, who can um, who can help. Again, other people shorten the learning curve to happiness because you only get so much time on this world. It's, it better be good time while you're doing it. So thanks a lot. And um, I really appreciate you coming today. Same. Well, there you have it. Some great information from some pretty amazing people. Thank you for taking time to listen to today's show, and I hope that you found some value in what you just heard. If this show positively impacted you in any way, please take a minute to leave a positive review or share it with a friend who could benefit from the Comfort, Peace, and Freedom podcast. I'm Ken Rusk. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.